Connor? Tom? Oh, they're not here. It's just us right now. Looks like I can start eating shrimp. Hell yeah. Well, it's just me, Travis, right now. This is not really an official episode of Roast Mortem. We're on a hiatus right now. Tom is down in Georgia. He's uh, buttering the peaches, as they say, down in Georgia. He's, he's getting his house set up. We want to say a big congratulations to Tom fucking for being a homeowner. Look at that. So this isn't really like a real episode. I just wanted to say thank you for all of the years of listening to our show. And I thought, let's keep the ball rolling a little bit while we're, you know, getting resettled with Roast Mortem. I do want to do some housekeeping here. Um, So I'd like to officially announce that Roast Mortem will last until the 300th episode. The 300th episode will be the last roast mortem. Don't get all sad because we've already got something planned that's bigger, better. We're going to go, fuck it, we're doing it live. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That's in the works, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that in upcoming episodes. But Tom Connor and I will be back after Roast Mortem ends at 300 with something brand new, still history involved, still hanging out, still talking shrimp, still talking cums, still talking all these important things that we need to talk about. But I thought I'd let you guys know, I'm going to make a promise to you that we're going to make it to 300. It's going to be a little rocky because uh, I am also going to be moving back east. So... Uh, the episodes are not going to be as frequent. We've done a really good job, I think. I'm not patting myself on the dick here, but we've come out pretty consistent for almost five years every week. And there's a lot of research and a lot of work that goes into every one of our episodes. So uh, we were slowing down a little bit just so we can ramp back up in the, probably in the new year when we start, start this new adventure, this new show. And you're all welcome to join this new show. We don't have a name for it yet. But anyway, one of the things I like to collect is old books. Now, old books, that's cool, right? You know, you get some primary sources, maybe. Who knows? But another thing I collect is ephemera. And now ephemera is just old pamphlets, flyers, uh, you know, shit that would come with your toaster or somebody would give to you uh, while you're walking on the street, maybe even junk mail. It's shit that should have been thrown out, but, you know, it sat around, collected dust for 80, 100 years, and I pick it up, and now it's part of my collection and sits around and spreads bugs in my house. So I like to lay eggs and shit in, <laughs> in this stuff. But I have a nasty obsession with collecting it, so we're going to be reading a pamphlet that I have called you can have better memory and this was made in 1959 it's by far not my oldest ephemera but i thought this one was really funny it's super like 1950s and it was it's a part of a series of booklets called the a help yourself booklet i have a few of them now one of the cool things about this pamphlet is it has some great illustrations and if you'd like to see the illustrations i'm going to be posting them on our discord so you can If you go follow us on Twitter or Instagram or threads, I'll have a link to Discord if you're not part of that party yet. You know, you can come join and hang out. We send some weird pictures every once in a while. It might be, uh, you might need to be careful opening it at work. But 
let's take a look at this pamphlet together. We've got right on the cover, you'll see on Discord, it's got a guy who's zoning in on some broads titties as, you know, that's pretty much, you gotta help your memory, so you gotta look at them boobas. Now, this was written by Mural Leadletter. And let's start right away. In Coral's Gable, Florida, recently a 63-year-old woman stepped onto the path of a railroad freight train. She was killed, but the man with her leapt aside unharmed. Wow, this is a <laughs> this is a very uh, heavy way to start. You know, the stakes are high. Your memory's important. You might get fucking macked by a freight train. And later he said that they were returning home to pick up the woman's eyeglasses. She had forgotten them at home. Okay. So you better remember everything, or else you're going to get hit by a train. One evening, my husband stepped off the bus from the city and walked home briskly. We had dinner, and afterwards he retreated to the living room to catch up on some office work. But alas, his briefcase was nowhere in the house. Oh, shit. We looked everywhere, and then he remembered he had left it on the bus. Oh, jeez. What was that office work that he needed to do? Like, polish his pipe and drink th seven martinis? Uh, polish a gun? We phoned the bus line that serves our suburban community. I'm sure I left my briefcase on the third seat of the 601, my husband told the lost and found department. If you left it, you can pick it up tomorrow at the department's office in the main terminal, said the man on the other end. The driver makes regular trips through the bus picking up all the articles left behind. He turns them in after his day's run. You should see all the stuff we get in here after one day's run, he said. Dude, you can't leave your bag on the bus. You know that somebody's going to pick it up and they're going to go through it. And they're going to find something in there. It could be like, I don't know, like a tampon or something. And they're going to figure out how to smoke meth out of it. There's no way you're getting that bag back. Not long ago, newspapers across the country carried a story of a suitcase containing $100,000 worth of jewels reported to be stolen from movie making, Albert Warner. Wouldn't you say a movie maker? Movie making. The suitcase was later found right where the movie magnet left it, in the closet of his hotel. Aw, shucks. Then there's a lady named Franny Crispi from Madonna de Sasso in Italy. How foreign. Dude, do you know that spaghetti grows on trees there? Who earned the name Forgetful Fanny. She was elected to the mayor of the town, but forgot to take her oath in the office in the prescribed 30 days. So her fellow citizens had to vote her in again. Elected a second time, Fanny rushed off to take her oath. All right, so what's the big deal? She got elected. It's all good. All right, we're on the next, we're on the next segment here. Reliable memory as an asset to success. Having a reliable memory is like having a good friend with you 24 hours a day. Do you realize that a dependable memory is as valuable as a personal asset? One worth treating with respect and diligence. Oh, so it's going to be with you all day as your best friend and it's going to give you tuggies. Your efficiency and chances in getting ahead in life will be improved if you train your memory. A better memory helps develop your personality and intelligence. Don't want to be a dumb idiot, you stupid butthead. Successful people are often characterized for their good memories. Memory is the mother of wisdom, said the wise Greek playwright Aeschylus. I, I don't know what that is. I'm not even going to try to look that up. Aristotle, too, believed a good memory could improve a man's competence. 
Napoleon, Lincoln, Churchill, to name a few, were all renowned for their famous memories. Dude, Churchill was like having the bag most of the time. Did he have a good memory? I don't know. One of the last century's fine writers said, God gave his children memory that in the life's garden there might be June roses in December. I have no fucking clue what that means. What are you fucking dumb? That's not a smart thing to say. A 17th century wit said, liars ought to have good memories. These are not very good quotes, uh, mural lead letter. To have a reservoir of memories that you can fall back upon in times of stress and despair is vital to balancing your personality. A knowledge and memory of the past can often instill faith in future when things are looking grim. You can take encouragement from the fact that things have worked out well for you in the past. Your memory tells you so, and solace will come as you remember the, event, the events of the past. Aw oh, man, I remember being out on lookout smooch mooch point and hanging out with Sally and then we touched each other in different ways and then my penis coughed for a few weeks. Those were good memories of me being a boy. Suppose you live in an area where swollen rivers and floods are an annual problem and hazard. Should your home be threatened or even damaged by angry waters, things will seem pretty bad. You look around and feel the depths of discouragement and despair. Man, what are you talking about? Person getting hit by a train and now we're talking about like your house and all your belongings washing away? We're gonna really jump around with stakes here between like forgetting your bag and your house uh, going away. Take heart and encouragement from the memory that such things have happened to your town before. And how the crisis passed, people patched up the damage, and life returned to normal. Oh, don't worry, you lost everything. These people in the past, they did it too, and look at them. They were eating rutabagas for seven years. In cases like this, your memory will serve you well, if you allow it to help. Whether you're interested in making friends or making a sale, it's wise to note Dale Carnegie's famous advice. Who the fuck are you, Dale Carnegie? The sweetest music in the world to another person is the sound of their own name. The average person is more interested in hearing his own name than he is all the other names on earth put together. Mr. Carnegie said, in emphasizing how important it is to remember the names of people you meet. Dude, this Carnegie guy, he knows what's up, dude. Uh, it's not that hard to really remember names in the 50s because you've got like Dale, you've got you know, this is like Dale Carnegie. You've got Dale, you've got Steve, you've got Dick, and you can easily remember Dick. You're like, oh, okay, what's the name of my dentist again? Oh, yeah, it was Cock Johnson. Mr. Cock Johnson's gonna fucking fill my mouth. Next chap, next area here. Reasons behind memory lapses. Are you one of those people who worry occasionally about memory lapses? Maybe you start introducing a friend, but suddenly can't remember his name. You tell about something you heard, but can't recall who told you. You have to make a speech, and you stay up all night because you're afraid you'll forget what you plan to say. Sounds like you're a bad friend. Like, if you're legitimately introducing a friend, and you don't know what their name is, uh, maybe you should lay off those dry martinis, Steve. Or maybe you're one of those people who are forgetful in an absent-minded way. That's me. I bump in the fucking telephone poles and things. There was a great British missionary who was forever receiving all of his belongings through the mail. Shoes, Bible, toothbrush, all followed him home in a never-ending stream. There's even a story that one day he met a friend in the street and put down his bag 
to make a note in his diary. Then he went blithering off, minus the bag. I mean, that's just kind of normal, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like people do that all the time. It's not like, I'm not calling this guy out. And also, what are his, his only belongings are shoes, Bible, and toothbrush? You don't even have toothpaste? Actually, what is memory? Can you control it? Can you improve it? Is it like a filing cabinet with only limited capacity? Will you become more forgetful as you get older? In reality, memory is elastic. The more you take in, the more you seem to have room for. One memory expert says that memory is preserved in some ingenious way that still eludes us. Memory experts like, I don't fucking know, dude. This is ingenious. Your brain is smart, dude. It's tough and deep-rooted. Only death can eliminate it completely. <laughs> what do we do? We keep jumping. Dude, this is like, it's so lighthearted. Like, oh, the silly missionary forgot his toothbrush. Uh, and when you die, you can't remember anything. This man compares storehouses of information recorded in our brain to great libraries whose shelves are tightly filled with neatly arranged books, carefully cataloged and ready to use. Doesn't sound very elastic. If the bookcase is like tight, that's not elastic. That's the opposite of elastic, you stupid memory expert. What, maybe you should remember about what elastic means, dummy. It's estimated that your mind can store 600 memories in a second for a lifetime of 75 years without feeling strain. So what's the point, dude? You're gonna read 75, you're gonna forget it all. So not really important. Maybe you can have the better memory until you're 75. You are born with the equipment, but perhaps you aren't using it to full capacity. Memory is like reading and writing. We can all do it after a fashion, but a little training helps do it better and faster. So learn to use your memory by putting that facility to use. Good memory impresses others, says Dr. B. Louse, psychologist at Forest Lake College, Forest Lake, Illinois. Dude, this is smart, dude. You got good memory? You can play that cup game really well? That is impressive. People differ in basic memory capacity, but most of us can do something to improve our memory. Many of us don't do enough. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Louse is a little bit of a slow boy. Why do we seem to have excellent memories for some things, but not for others? I called my sister-in-law three times in one week to ask about borrowing card tables and chairs and other items for a party, and each time I forgot to request a chafing table. The fuck is a chafing table? Is that where you, like, stroke your, your wing and then little bits of skin and flakes fall off? With the boys when you're playing cards? A shopper may forget her umbrella on a homebound bus, but she can tell you the exact price of a dozen items she saw in the store. Women. <laughs> I like how the gender changed there for a shopper. Very subtle, guys. A bookkeeper may forget his wife's birthday, but the dates on entires of his immaculate set of books are all correct. Hey, uh, Steve, when's your wife's birthday? I don't know. I've been stacking these Playboy books for so long I can't remember. Why do we forget? Dr. Lowe says there may be interference of material between the time we think we've learned something and the time we try to recall it. For example, if you're studying French and German at the same time, you'll have trouble keeping the grammar rules straight because the material is so similar and it interferes with itself. So at the bottom of this page, you've got this guy, 50s man, and there's two women on either side, and he's like, I can't even tell the difference between two of these broads. They both have nice titties. One of them has rays coming out of her head. Uh, 
Your unconscious motives will also direct you to remember or forget certain things. Psychologists say you remember only things which interest you and forget things which don't attract your attention. Okay, so maybe he's like, this one lady's got a B cup. The other one's got double D's. I'm gonna remember this one. You also tend to forget events which fulfill no plan or even distract from your plans. If you make a doctor's appointment, you may forget all about going on the appointed day. The reason may be that there is interference from too many other things on your mind. Or you tend to remember things that are most important and forget those that you care least about. Or subconsciously, you're really afraid to see the doctor. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. <laughs> Mrs. Tom Green. Wait a minute. This is a same Tom Green. This is a Canadian man that tells me his bum is on things and throws porn out of windows and watches it go down the road and then buzz saws his desk in half. I think so. This might be his mom. Mrs. Tom Green asked her husband to mail a letter on the way to his job as a grinder in the chipping room of a foundry. That is an old timey, a grinder in the chipping room of a foundry. Okay. Tom got all the way inside the plant before he remembered the letter. His memory didn't fail him on the job, however. He carefully remembered to tighten the safety nut after changing the abrasive wheel. Oh, you gotta tighten that nut, I'm saying. Psychologists would say his job interests him, and so he remembers each step. But mailing his wife's letter slipped his mind because he wasn't interested in the letter or its contents. Yeah, honey, I don't really even care who you're talking to. You're probably talking to the sister-in-law. Uh, let, me take, let me take that stupid letter. I'm going to fucking throw it in a garbage once I get out of the... Throw it out the window because we don't believe in garbages in the 50. Next section. Five ways to improve your memory. We are all born with the ability to remember. Sadly enough, it is the mental function we pay least attention to. It is the one function we can do the most about. You don't need a system or gimmick or device to improve your memory. But you do need to know what is meant by remembering and forgetting. And this section is underlined. So somebody in the past, a long time ago, was like, I gotta remember this section. See? This is learning here. To improve your memory, you should become more aware with the factors that influence good memory, says Dr. Lose. Dude, this Dr. Lose guy is a fucking dumbass. <laughs> He's like a fucking wet-brained, alcoholic 50s man. Probably like killed a whole bunch of Nazis in the war and now is trying to drink himself to death and forget that he has a wife. Go back to the trenches with the boys. Elaborate memory building devices aren't necessary if you understand these factors and put them to use. What the fuck is an elaborate memory building device? It sounds like some type of hat that has antennas coming off of it and then like goes like wee 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 wee. It's like 50 sci-fi shit. You'll sometimes find a memory building device effective because you're actually using the five guiding principles which will be explained later on. Wait, so there was actually a bunch of memory building devices going around in the 50s? Okay, that's like the shake weight of the 50s, all right. Probably was the shake weight and then they just changed it to the shake weight later on. Learning to remember is like learning to play tennis. Both are specific skills that you can master. I don't think that I'm ever gonna master my memory with that attitude. <laughs> I, I, I can't hit a, well, I like Happy Gilmore tennis balls. I'm, I know that's like wrong sport, but I remember I took one lesson and I was just like, oh, there goes a tennis ball over the chain link fence. A poor memory is actually no reflection of your intelligence. You could be an Einstein and not remember your address. Or you could be the town idiot and have a fantastic memory. 
all of his retard. He remembers all the different types of trains he has seen and, and how many different species of shrimp is in that one particular tide pool. I think I might be the village idiot that's really good at remembering. If you like people, places and names will be easier to remember. I guess it's not going to be easier for me. Not really selling it with this tennis and like liking people. If you were foreman, wouldn't it be helpful to remember more about each of your men than just his name? Is he married? His wife's name? Children? Own a home? Where? Man, they got a stalker foreman boss here. You know what? You want to know my wife's name? You want to know my wife's name? It's, uh, what, what was the one from uh, our last episode? Electra titties? Electra? Electra semen wife? <laughs> that's, that's who it is. You don't need a memory training expert to set up a system for you. You know your mental habits and your particular needs better than anyone. Let these five guide rules, as suggested by Dr. Lose, become your guide to improving your memory of those things which are most important to you. I don't know. Dr. Lose uh, doesn't seem very smart. I don't know if you listen to any advice. That, uh, I don't think he's a part of any board or anything like that. He's probably just the junk man's brother. All right. Number one, be interested. It's easy to remember things that have meaning and are important to you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Why would you remember them if you didn't? If you're truly interested in improving your memory, nonsense building, <laughs> nonsense memory building devices called the mnemonic devices seem to work because time and effort are spent while you practice the device. I Somebody needs to look up what a mnemonic devices because this seems like it's a widespread thing in the 50s here if you are an employee learning to operate a punch press at the factory you have to remember the steps outlined by your training supervisor if you find the job satisfying remembering them will be no problem because your interest in work makes memory easy uh, doesn't sound like i'm gonna be that interested if i'm working the punch press in the factory jimmy uh I don't know. It just doesn't sound like it's that great of an existence. Maybe it is. I mean, you're getting paid enough to, like, buy three houses. <laughs> if you find the job dull, try forcing yourself to be more interested in the product you are turning out or your part in the production of something very helpful to many people. You'll find yourself remembering a lot more. All right, so if you find your work dull, guys, just remember, force yourself, <laughs> force yourself to like your job. Because then you'll remember things better. You'll remember not to spit in that annoying customer's uh, penne ala vodka. In general, an isolated fact, idea, face, or name will drop out of your mind quickly. You can relate it to what you already know if you want to remember it. And this is underlined. The power of association is key. Be alert enough to hang new facts on mental hooks by means of association. The idea is then ready when you need to draw it out and use it again. All right, so I get that, but the the hooks, that seems like kind of serial killery to me. All right, number two. Number two, learn repetition. And this is the right in the beginning is underlined. Practice recalling things you want to remember. That's important. You got to remember that part right there. You should occasionally recall information you're trying to remember just to be sure it's still there. Oh, it might have slipped away from me real quick, and now it is back because I tied it up using my necktie and threw it in my basement. And next, this next line's underlined as well. 
If you ever have to memorize anything, such as a part in a play or a ceremony, a speech or presentation, the best time to do it is in the evening about a week ahead of time before bedtime. You'll remember 30% more effectively. Sleep gives your memory impressions hours of time to crystallize and settle, undisturbed from new unrelated thoughts and experiences. Then try reciting your part every day or so before the big day to cement the words into your mind. Betty McCall, a secretary to a sales manager, took letters to be sent to the same group of salesmen every week. After a while, Betty decided she could save a great deal of time if she remembered the full name and address of each man. She concentrated on learning a few each week, and very soon she found she could speed up her job considerably because she no longer had to stop and look up each name and address. Oh. <laughs> oh, silly secretary. You just can't even remember the names and address of these men that probably spank your butt when you go to see them when you're delivering the letter we got another underlined section here the reverse is true when something happens that you want to forget busy yourself as quickly and completely as you can in a variety of activities so the fresh experience will blur the more painful ones so we're we're turning about learning about how to repress memories here just, uh i don't know if these are for the world war ii vets or for the uh, choir boys in the 1950s if you happen to see a very bad accident with serious casualties on your way to work, you'll want to get the incident out of your mind as fast as you can. Throw yourself into the job, giving careful attention to the minutest details, and by the end of the day, the variety of fresh activities may help blur the more painful memories of the upsetting encounter. I don't know if this is great advice. I think this kind of sums up the 1950s and 40s and 60s. Uh, right here <laughs> just <laughs> repress everything Knuckle down put your nose to the grindstone forget about it, bro. Did you just see someone get fucking hit by a truck? <laughs> just go work, bro If someone should offend or slight you you'll be happier person if you intend to forget the hurt Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, a lot of daddy issues here Work hard at putting the incident out of your mind rather than dwelling on it and before long you'll have forgotten the whole thing <laughs> Jesus Christ. Number three, spreading out your practice. Work on memorizing during short periods because the unlearned part of your material will interfere with what you've already learned. Hurried learning isn't effective. Don't cram. Cramming seems to work for some of us some of the time because we are suddenly motivated and interested in learning. But cramming isn't effective over the long pull because of interference with other materials you have on your mind. Underlined. Materials must be digested before a period of time to become thoroughly understood and part of you. The more you try committing to memory, the less effective cramming is. Okay, so somebody was trying to cram. A salesman in a new job trying to learn the prices and style numbers and facts about his products would do better to digest everything slowly over a period of time rather than trying to learn the whole mass at once. The more material there is, the harder it is to learn and the harder it is to retain. The salesman should sit down in a quiet spot with a few sheets at a time. If he works at something entirely different before and after each study, there won't be any interference of what he already knows with what he's trying to learn. A stenographer who is unsure of herself when it comes to punctuation would do better trying to learn a few rules and examples at a time rather than trying to cram all about where and how to punctuate at once. 
Because there are so many types of punctuation marks used in a variety of purposes, the stenographer will remember more if she divides the material into lessons and concentrates on the given lesson for a short period of time. Lessons should be sandwiched between two entirely different activities if she wants to retain the most of what she's trying to learn. Okay, so the lady needs to learn about periods and exclamation points and emojis. You have to learn a whole new set of skills when you work as a stenographer now because you need to learn emojis. Alright, next. Number four. Know what it is you want to remember. Don't try to remember everything. Nobody can. Decide what is most useful to you in your working or home life and become genuinely interested in developing your memory along those lines. A supervisor would do well learning quickly to recognize names, faces of his new employees. This would also be very valuable when he must face new groups every so often. A truly good memory means you can distinguish between what's worth remembering and what is not. You can remember too much as well as too little. Pick out some essentials. If you're trying to remember a person you've just met, look at him, pick out some characteristics which make him individual. Try to commit those few important things about him to memory. Being able to sort out what's important to remember and what you can forget without loss helps improve your memory because the superficial extras are cleared away, leaving only those facts you will need to know in the future. If you have a new job, chances are the first few days you'll meet dozens of new people with whom you'll be working with. Why not start out trying to remember names of those whom you'll be working with the closest? Add more names as you master the first group. I mean, this is like, you just gotta know the people you work with? <laughs> if you're asked to join a committee or group of some sort, and don't know too many people, start by getting to know the men sitting on either side of you at the first meeting you attend. Make an effort to remember their names, and every meeting try to add a few more names to your repertoire. And our finally, our, our last step here that you're going to need to know. Number five, no memory device or aid is a crutch. Again, these memory devices, they don't like them. Nothing can take the place of your interests. It's up to you. Your interest is the force which moves facts into either the permanent spot in your memory or into oblivion. Suppose you are assigned a new job. Of course you'll want to master it as quickly as possible. Be confident that you can become, for example, a skilled machine operator. Intend to remember the instructions you've had. Be attentive when the foreman is explaining that you must stop the turning action at exactly the right moment. Try to understand clearly why even though the expensive machine is precision itself, there is a difference between the tolerance of 132nd and .001, and just coming close isn't good enough. Man, they're really hammering home this work ethic, right? <laughs> you gotta be precise when you're making them lattes. Not knowing the right way to handle the machinery may send a $100 piece of metal to the scrap heap and back up a whole production line for want of parts. You gotta make sure you're doing well for your boss. This is the 1950s here. Learn as much as you can about the job you are mastering. The modern machine, be it a giant punch press, an automatic screw machine, or, oh, automatic screw machine, or a computer, can perform marvels. But it is dependent upon your skilled hands and brain to keep it maintained and adjusted. How about computers and screw machines? This must be like the beginning of Bad Dragon right here. This is my you know, founding, 19, 1959. It'll be easier to remember your specific job if you can fully understand the what and why of what you're doing. 
Then try to visualize how your steps fit into the production line as a whole. Try to think of the pleasant results the completed job will accomplish. A new car rolling into the showroom floor, a household appliance ready for delivery, or a perfect letter off to an important customer. This is like, I don't know, communist shit of one, dog. This is like psychopathic shit that's just ingrained into our collective fucking American brains. How like when you work with a, if you ever worked with a foreign person and they're like, why aren't you taking all your vacation? It's because this pamphlet shit like this has been worked into our brains for like five generations. <laughs> <laughs> Fasten the steps of your new job into your mind by repeating them often, doing this in regular intervals rather than trying to cram it all down at once. Test yourself by reciting the steps to yourself while trying to visualize the procedure. Your genuine interest in mastering the job will be your memory's greatest helper. But there's a word of warning. Don't be like Ned Brown, who was making a project of trying to improve his memory. He ran into a man on the street whose name escaped him. Don't tell me, I'll remember in a minute, Ned said. Let me see, do I know you from school? No. Lodge? No. Work? No. Listen, silly, I'm your brother John, and mother wants to know why you haven't been seeing her lately. Ned had been concentrating so hard, he had lost proportion and common sense. Memory, like friendship, strengthens as you lay burdens upon it and becomes trustworthy as you trust it. It's up to you to see your memory become your most dependable friend. And that's, uh, uh, Ned just completely forgot his own brother. Because he was so wrapped up in the capitalist grind set, dude. He was so worked up trying to work that punch press. He forgot his own mother and the brother. Phew. American dream right here. That's what it's all about. You just gotta remember things just for your job. That's it. There's no life outside of your job. And if you're a wife, if you're a woman, uh, there's no life outside of, I guess, being a stenographer or remembering your favorite meals for your family. <laughs> and that is how you can have a better memory. Now, if you want to see the great illustrations, check us out on Roast Mortem Podcast on Instagram and Threads or Roast Mortem Cast on Twitter. Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. You can check us out there. Like I said, we will be returning back with regular roast mortems soon. I don't can't give you a date of when, but we will be reaching 300, and then we will be like a butterfly transforming into a new piece of garbage that is going to be on my bookshelf because it lives inside of books. And thank you so much for listening, guys. I might come back with a... We have another one here by the same group of people. This one. This one's called Building a Better Character. So maybe we'll talk about that, depending on how long our hiatus goes. But thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.